Hi, I'm Dr. Barbara Byers. Welcome back to these podcasts and YouTube uh, segments. Today, I'm going to be talking about suffering. When suffering comes knocking. And I'm going to do it in two parts. So this is part one. You know, pain in, is inevitable in life. Difficulties come and everyone has suffering of some kind. Suffering takes lots of different forms from uh, financial hardship to physical disability to loneliness to relational brokenness. Uh, many forms at many different times in our life. And we're going to encounter things that we would much prefer to avoid but suffering will come and um, it actually can be a delivery system to us for gifts that we don't anticipate we don't expect and it's only sometimes in retrospect that we really see something good come out of it yesterday i was talking to someone who told me about how six years ago their marriage was in a terrible place. They had lost the business they had started. Her friends had moved away and she just felt crushed under such suffering. And she was able to say, and today I look back and I thank God in all of it for what he's done to bring me through and what I've learned of him and myself and others. So, so much of what we need to do is just be aware of our interpretation of our sufferings because we we find meaning in life we're meaning making people and so how we interpret our sufferings is very important if we know god is our good good father then we can trust him in suffering to bring good psalm 22 24 says wonderfully he doesn't despise our affliction and he doesn't hide his face from us. Isn't that wonderful? He doesn't despise our affliction and he doesn't hide our face from his face from our suffering. So we can be hopeful in our expectation of meeting God in it. Well, what's the first order of business um, in suffering? The first order of business really is accepting. It's not a passive acceptance, but we accept suffering rather than resist. We welcome, I know that seems counterintuitive, rather than avoid, and we receive rather than push away. Uh, Jacques Philippe wrote, in accepting suffering, we find new strength. Scripture speaks of the bread of tears, that's Psalm 80 verse five, the bread of tears. God is faithful and always gives us the strength necessary to bear day by day, what is burdensome and difficult. So he underlines acceptance, and then he goes on to say, if welcomed trustingly and peacefully, suffering makes us grow. It matures and trains us, purifies us, teaches us to love unselfishly, and makes us poor in heart, humble, gentle, and compassionate. Fear of suffering, on the other hand, and don't we all have some fear of suffering? hardens us in self-protective, defensive attitudes, and often leads us to make irrational choices with disastrous consequences. In our running away from suffering, we don't gain, we actually lose. Uh, and it's not just suffering itself, but it's our choice within the suffering. If we suffer well, 
If we suffer with a confidence in the Lord and trust and hope, it makes all the difference. So his point was accept and welcome it. Carl Jung said, the foundation of all mental illness is the avoidance of legitimate suffering. We avoid, but then it only leads to another kind of suffering. And you know, sometimes we really just wanna bargain with God or we at least wanna set limits. You know, how long is this gonna last and how much am I gonna suffer? But pain it, it is not something that we can limit necessarily. If we can, we should, but it's something we have to come to terms with and live in the dignity of the moment and live in grace and not just muddle through it because we have choices in it. And so we need to stop and consider and decide and make a plan for our suffering. So how do we suffer well? Well, the, the first step, as I've already mentioned, is accepting. We accept that we're suffering in a way that we can't necessarily immediately change. And then we turn that to God in a way that acknowledges and trusts and believes that he will engrace us during that time and walk us through. So James 1, 2 through 4 in the message says, Consider it a sheer gift, dear friends, when tests and challenges come from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. And boy, does it. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work in you so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. We're responsible for how we respond in suffering. And if we persevere and suffer well, it can actually bring us to new places of maturity that are really good for our life. So first accept, uh, acceptance, and then we offer our sufferings to the Lord. So as we bring them to the Lord, we recognize you bring beauty for ashes. So you can transform these sufferings, even the things we've caused in a, a significant portion of our suffering sometimes really is from things that we've set in motion, just consequences of choices we've made. Uh, so as we hold our suffering, our pain up to the Lord, he will enter into that with us. Doesn't mean that immediately all our pain will be gone, no, no, but his grace empowers us in that suffering. So we're pressed, as Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, 8, we're pressed, but not crushed perplexed, but not in despair, and not destroyed. We know another is with us. So, and sometimes, you know, when we suffer in hard circumstances, we may think it's from God, but it can bring us to God. And instead of blaming God for hard places, if we'll come repentant, we can listen and see what God is whispering to us in that sufferings. And sometimes we feel like, well, you know, he sort of owes me an explanation. After all, he's a good God, right? So why are these hard things happening to us? Or why are they happening in a certain way? Is he as good as he claims to be? But that only leads us to a victim mentality. It only leads us to self-pity. And it only leads us to believe our circumstances and not believe our very good God. God promises us meaning in life but he doesn't promise us constant happiness, right? 
And so we get to choose how we respond in our suffering. So it's very important that as we accept them and welcome them and turn them to the Lord, we reframe our suffering in such a way, doesn't change the past, but it brings meaning to the past and it changes the way we see them. So we're changing our perspective as we look at things like my friend yesterday. So in sorrow and suffering, there needs to be a determination in us that we're gonna find the place of God's love. We're gonna find his goodness in that. Circumstances don't have to um, tell us what the truth is and interpret for us what life is to be because behind our sufferings, we can find this incredible love that's so deep and high and wide and true and weighty, the love of God waiting for us. So here are four points I wanna make about suffering. I'll make uh, two of them today and then two of them in part two. Suffering, number one, suffering brings meaning or gives meaning to who we are, brings us ourself. Second, suffering enlarges our capacity. It stretches our soul. Third, suffering enables us to extract the precious. I'll talk about that next time. And fourth, suffering includes redemptive remembering, also next time. So go, let's go back to number one. Suffering gives meaning to who we are. There's an old devotional book, My Utmost for His Highest by Oswald Chambers, and he wrote, my attitude as a saint to sorrow and difficulty is not to ask that they may be prevented, but to ask that I may preserve the self God created me to be through every fire of sorrow. We don't want to lose ourselves. We want to grow in ourselves. He says, if we try and evade sorrow, we're foolish. Sorrow is one of the biggest facts in life, and it is not for us to say that God has made a mistake in allowing them. Sorrow burns up a great amount of shallowness. Suffering either gives me my true self or it destroys myself. You always know the man who's come through the fire of sorrow and received himself and you're certain you can go to him in trouble. So he makes some important points here. One is that suffering is just inevitable. Second, if we yield to God, suffering makes our true self come forward and increase and come alive. Or if we don't suffer well, it can actually disintegrate our true self and we can crumble under it. And then the third thing he says is suffering really makes us compassionate that we can turn and comfort others and give them the wisdom they need. You know, sometimes our suffering is not for ourselves. Maybe for someone else at another time, people are watching. Paul often suffered for the church. Elizabeth Googe wrote, how an individual takes his pain, what he allows it to do in him and through him is much more important than the pain itself. That's how we grow in our true self. The scene of suffering in each person seems to be a battleground where a thing evil in its origin comes up against the battling love of God that would transform it into an instrument of victory. I just love how she said that. So suffering is a gift that can change us in ways that nothing else can. And it really is intended by God, you know, to mature us, to change our heart, to show us his goodness 
and to bring us to the real person he created us to be. And often when we suffer, it'll bring us to a search, to asking questions, you know, who am I and what am I supposed to be doing and what it, what what is all this about? So it sort of burns away the veneers in our life. Okay, second point I wanna make about suffering today is it enlarges our capacity. God really presses us in these places of suffering because uh, sometimes it's the only entrance for us to go further and deeper with him. And we have a choice here. We can become bitter. We can become uh, despondent, disappointed, confused, or we can become deeper and purer and call suffering our friend. I want to read James 1 again just in a different translation. Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials. How often do we do that? Consider it pure joy. Trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. So when we let it have its work, when we refuse self-pity, when we refuse despair, and we embrace our suffering, it changes us, it stretches us, it causes uh, something really nothing else does in us. And I, I've often heard the term, the dark night of the soul in our, in our severe sufferings. And when we go through a dark night of the soul, if we go through with the Lord, even not knowing and understanding what is going on, what caused it, why, but we stay with the Lord in it, trusting him, then it brings something in us essential to death. It undoes us and it purifies us and it brings us through. And now we're prepared for new things. It also expands us to receive more of his character. You know, you're probably familiar with uh, Psalm 42.1, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants or longs my soul for you. But we often forget the next couple of verses because it, it says, my tears have been day and night. So right in the midst of this extreme suffering, so weeping continually, I long for you, Lord, as the deer pants for the water brooks. Isn't that beautiful? So our character and the reality of Christ in us is deeper. And then suffering teaches us trust, endurance, praise, and unshakableness if we're really worthy of our sufferings, meaning we have a choice in how we respond. Thank you for joining me. Come back for part two, please. I'll see you then.